One outlet thinks a team other than the Cardinals will win the NL Central. One of the concerns I completely and wholeheartedly disagree with. The other, I'm right there with them. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Happern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast on Twitter as well at LO underscore Cardinals. We want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, also on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Be sure to hit that notification button. And that way you know when the new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, for the most part, we as Cardinals fans believe that this team, going into 2023 season, the way it's constructed right now, has enough firepower and enough talent to win the NL Central again. They've won it 12 times in their uh, glorious history, uh, by far the most of, of any team in the division, and two out of the last four years. Last year, they won it by seven games over the Brewers and were 19 games ahead of the Cubs and 31 over both the Reds and the Pirates. But as we discussed in the last episode, some people are feeling as if the offseason was a bit underwhelming. And we've talked about those concerns. Uh, you've got the losses of Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina. They go to retirement. Jose Quintana leaves to go to the New York Mets. Uh, Corey Dickerson, who, who played a, a good role on this team last year, uh, heads in free agency to the Washington Nationals. Uh, you bring in top free agent catcher Wilson Contreras, but little else was done after that. Meanwhile, the other teams in your division have made multiple moves and upgrades to their rosters, which we discussed in our last episode, uh, Will Leach over at MLB.com did a write-up, and he uh, called it the 10 key questions that will decide the NL Central. And in it, he actually has the Milwaukee Brewers winning the division by one game at 88 and 74. Uh, then he's got the Cubs in third place at 81 and 81, Pirates at 68 and 94, and the Reds at 66 and 96. So what are his concerns about this 2023 Cardinal squad? Now, the first thing that he points out is the logjam in the outfield. That's what he calls it, which, to be honest, I, I I don't really consider this a problem, but Will does, and this is what he had to say. It feels like the Cardinals have had an outfield logjam for half a decade. Remember, they traded away Randy Arozarena and even Luke Voigt and Tommy Pham to help clear out space for all their outfield depth years ago, and they did so again last year by sending Harrison Bader to the Yankees, yet they still haven't figured out any of the positions for 2023. The Cardinals are loaded with talented outfielders, including former phenom Dylan Carlson, toolsy but oft-injured gold glover Tyler O'Neill, 2023 breakout star Lars Newtbar, top 100 prospect Alec Burleson, Albert Pujols' protege Juan Yepes, and even utility man Brendan Donovan. And that list doesn't even include number four overall prospect Jordan Walker, who might well be the opening day right fielder. The Cardinals are oozing with outfield talent, but they have been for years now without a corresponding amount of productivity. 
how this all shakes out may determine how well this offense clicks. I still don't understand how this is a problem. I really don't. The reason being the team is, you know, obviously hoping for bounce back seasons from Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson. We know this is something that they're banking on. Their seasons were ruined mostly by injuries last year. Tyler O'Neill, for sure. Uh, Dylan Carlson struggled a bit and dealt with injuries. And they ended up trading their gold glove center fielder, Harrison Bader, to the Yankees, which he points out. They didn't do it to clear the log jam, though, in the outfield. They did it because they needed pitching, and they had depth in the outfield position. It, it wasn't because they wanted to get rid of Harrison Bader. They needed pitching down the stretch if they were going to win the division, which, by the way, they did by seven games last year, even with Tyler O'Neill being hurt most of the year, Dylan Carlson not playing up to par, uh, Harrison Bader was dealing with injuries. Like all three of your starting outfielders going into opening day were all beat up last year, and they still won the division by seven games. So can this team survive down years by both O'Neill and Carlson again? I hope we don't have to find out. I hope that's not an issue, but if it happens, they just proved it last year that they have the capability to ride it out and figure it out if that's what happens again. Now, in no way, shape, or form is Dylan Carlson or Tyler O'Neill your top hitters in this lineup. They're not. Nolan Arenado is. Wilson Contreras is expected to be. Paul Goldschmidt, you know the NL MVP? Yeah, he's expected to do some things again. I would argue that Tommy Edmond is up there ahead of those two guys. Uh, he should be a part of that group. If if any of those people have injury-plagued season, then yeah, the team is probably in trouble, more specifically the first three guys there. But I'm not convinced that Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson are the, the keys to this team winning. I'm not one of those guys that thinks this outfield is the key to this team winning. They're not even the best players on the team. It certainly makes life a whole lot easier and makes this lineup, you know, 100 times more scary if you end up getting that 2021 version of uh, both O'Neill and Carlson. I mean, imagine this. You have, and I'm expecting regression out of Paul Goldschmidt. I'm not expecting him to do exactly what he did last year. But if he puts up normal Paul Goldschmidt numbers, very consistent guy over his career, right? Nolan Arenado, same way, very consistent. Uh, Wilson Contreras. If he puts up the normal stuff, imagine with those three in the middle of your lineup. And on top of that, you add uh, a healthy 270, 30 home run gold glove season from Tyler O'Neill in left field. And then you get 275 and 15 home runs, gold glove caliber defense, which Dylan Carlson has shown he can do also in that lineup in center field. Put that with Arnado Contreras and Goldie doing what they normally do. I mean, holy smokes, what a squad you have. And then you've got Brendan Donovan. You've got Tommy Edmond, Lars Newbar in right field. I mean, that's a, that's a crazy lineup, right? But I'm not saying it's the end of the world if they are a little bit less than that. You know, if we get a little bit less than that from O'Neill and Carlson, I don't think the sky is going to fall because you've guys you've got guys like Alec Burleson and Juan Yepes and Jordan Walker just waiting in the wings. Now, if all five of those people fail, and Nupar doesn't become what a lot of people think he will be, then you're screwed, all right? Then you're screwed, okay? You have to have somebody who's capable of putting up some offensive numbers in that outfield and needs to be healthy. But come on, what are, what are the odds that that happens, that all of them get hurt and all of them stink next season? 
not good, right? And what team on this planet, name one of them, that could actually survive when their entire outfield has a meltdown and then go on to win a division. It's not, it's not something that's going to happen. And if you still got uh, issues with the guys that I've just named, there's also people like Moises Gomez, who we're not sure what he's going to be just yet. You know, uh, Mike Antico, another guy who plays outfield fast, can do some things for you on the base pass, play some defense. Is that a guy that can help out in a pinch? So those guys are behind those top five guys I just mentioned. So the idea that they have too many good outfielders doesn't really seem like a problem to me as much as it is a strength and a, and a positive for this team, no matter if one or two of them goes down and it doesn't have the seasons that they had, say, in 2021. I, I still think the Cardinals can win the division even if that happens. You know, they just did it last year. Now, Will's next issue with the team is uh, something I actually agree with, and I'll tell you what it is next on Locked on Cardinals. Now, this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party, which I'm sure you're planning by now, is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And we're really excited about our new sports book, uh, sports betting partner, because Locked on wants to be the number one source for all of your sports, as well as being a part of the number one sports book in America, which is FanDuel. So you team us up together, then bang, you got a magic combination. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they've got so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download FanDuel now so you can bet uh, Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet where you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Let me repeat that for just a moment. Up to $3,000. Back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who's going to score a touchdown. You've got the Eagles right now currently favored by one and a half. Okay. They've been pretty much unstoppable this whole season when Hurts is healthy. I like them going into this game. But Patrick Mahomes and company, Travis Kelsey, they're, they're awesome as well. So it should be a very entertaining Super Bowl. So do what you need to do. Do your research. But Maybe you're nervous, like, I don't know who to pick, Eagles or Chiefs. Well, you can bet on a bunch of other things. You can bet on who the MVP is going to be. You can bet on receiving yards for certain players in the game, rushing yards, uh, you know, how many points they're going to score in the first half, how many they're going to score the whole game. Like, tons of things for you to choose from to put bets on to make the Super Bowl even more fun for you. But they've got a ton of game special bets available, so be a part of it. Get in there. FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure. It's super easy to use. Bet. Best of all, best of all here, you can get paid right away. The word instantly doesn't happen for every single one of these people. Uh, FanDuel, it happens. You get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to check out Locked on MLB Prospects as well. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So I disagree with Will's first part, uh, but his next question, Mark, for the Cardinals uh, coming up this season is something that we've talked about plenty, and that's the starting rotation because it is a question mark headed into the season. And here's what Will had to say about it. Once again, you can uh, read this article at MLB.com. For all the superstar position players they've had the past few years, the true indicator for Cardinal success has been a simple one. 
When they have enough starting pitching, they make the playoffs. And when they don't, they don't. So maybe there should be some alarm bells this year. The Cardinals rotation is oddly spackled together with Miles Michaelis, the only Rio constant. And he, like 80% of the current rotation, is a free agent after this year. Alongside him, the Cardinals have a madly inconsistent Jack Flaherty, an oft-injured Steven Matz, trade deadline star Jordan Montgomery, and the farewell tour of Adam Wainwright, who was a great story but completely fell apart down the stretch last year. Behind them, there's Dakota Hudson, Drew Verhagen, Gordon Graceffo, Matthew Libertor, Jake Woodford. Nothing proven, that's for sure. Can the Cardinals cover the innings necessary to win the division? If any one pitcher falls off or gets hurt, a statistical inevitability, then what do they do? Your guess is as good as ours. Now, it's hard to argue with all of that, right? Because we've been saying the same stuff uh, since free agency began, and more specifically, when Jose Quintana left the team and went to the New York Mets via free agency, that this rotation makes me nervous. It really does for a ton of reasons that Will just listed. You know, the injury concerns are legit. Uh, I'd even throw Miles Michaelis into that mix, considering he missed almost two years with injuries before bouncing back last year with an all-star caliber season. Uh, Jack Flaherty's injury history since 2021, that's been well-documented. We know it's always something. It's always been something with Jack since that year. Uh, the concern is real. And on top of that, you still are hoping that, uh, that Jack can regain his form, the ace form that he showed you uh, before these injuries all started to kind of, you know, bite away at him. And we don't, we still haven't seen that guy yet. It's not like in Jack Flaherty's rehab, uh, you know, the starts that he made at different levels of the minor leagues that he was just dominating people. You remember when like Alex Reyes kept getting hurt, but then he'd go down, do his rehab stuff, and he'd be striking out 10, 11, 12 guys a game, and he looked incredible, right? And then he'd get back up onto the major league roster and he'd get hurt again. Flaherty hasn't shown that yet. Like it's been a struggle even in the minor leagues and they bring him up anyway when he's healthy because they're hoping that he'll be able to regain that form because when he's that Jack Flaherty, he's very, very good. He's an all-star caliber type of starter, but we haven't seen it yet. So, you know, it's a question mark. You're hoping that he comes into spring training healthy and is ready to rock and roll this year, which again is one of the, uh, you know, his walk year in free agency. Uh, the Steven Matz concerns, Kind of debatable, in my opinion, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. I know last year sucked, right? It sucked for Steven Matz. Shoulder issue in May, then he had the freak uh, knee injury in July. But before that, in his career, he had 30 starts in 2018, 32 in 2019. COVID year, he did deal with some shoulder discomfort. Uh, a little bit of soreness was going on there, and he wasn't very good in general. But as usual, on this podcast, in my eyes, in my mind, we treat that season as an anomaly because we don't know what everybody was going through. Like, who's who's preparing for an MLB season when you've got a pandemic going on? So um, we kind of go, we, we shoot that one under the rug a little bit. But then 29 starts again in 2021 with the Blue Jays. Um, so the injury concerns, sure, he had a rough year last year. But before that, three out of those four years, he was, you know, pretty reliable. Adam Rain Adam Wainwright, outstanding last year. Okay, I don't have a lot of bad things to say about Adam. Um, until September, he was great. He was great on this Cardinals team. And then in September, it wasn't like he dealt with an injury. We thought maybe something was going on there, that he was dealing with that, uh, that shoulder fatigue maybe is what it was, that he, he had the tired arm going on, but it wasn't. 
his uh, mechanics got out of whack, and they've admitted that. Unfortunately, it happened at a bad time, which didn't allow him to make a start in the postseason. But I personally am never going to doubt Adam Wainwright. I'm not going to doubt his drive. I'm not going to doubt his uh, ability to, uh, you know, shoot for greatness and try to be the best he can be. I expect another strong season out of Adam. I think the future Cardinals Hall of Famer is going to have a very strong year. I have no doubts about that whatsoever. Is it going to be weird for him not to throw to Molina? Yeah. But this is not some rookie guy who doesn't know how to throw to different pitchers, you know? Molina wasn't around all year last year, and Wainwright was fine. Uh, Montgomery is obviously someone we hope throws more like he did when he uh, first got to St. Louis than, uh, you know, what September mostly was like. But I think a full season uh, in St. Louis with this team, with this coaching staff, I think it's going to do wonders for him. I like Jordan Montgomery's makeup. Uh, So I'm excited to see what he can do. But yes, after that, you've got a big question mark. Dakota Hudson, we've heard good things from all accounts. We've heard he's embraced the analytics and is doing very well in what will be his second season back from Tommy John surgery, which is good news. I think a lot of people forget that Dakota Hudson last year was coming back from Tommy John. It's not always you come back and you're immediately awesome again. You know, Dakota Hudson was a good prospect and uh, had some some good years with the Cardinals before Tommy John surgery. So I I tend to stay positive about what Dakota can be. Uh, can Connor Thomas capitalize on his outstanding showing in the Arizona Fall League and be a part of things at the major league level? Uh, will Matthew Libertor find consistency and become a part of this rotation if someone goes down? I think he's somebody they're going to need. You know, when somebody does get hurt or has to miss a couple of starts, it, it's kind of like, you know, either poop or get off the pot time with this guy, you know? I mean, I know he's still young, but... We're ready to see this at the major league level, and it's starting to make people nervous that he hasn't been able to accomplish what they thought he was going to be when they made that trade for him. Uh, Jake Woodford has done nothing but succeed in any role that they've given him. Uh, where does he fit into all of this? Is he going to be a swing man? Is he going to be uh, a starter? Is he going to stay in the bullpen as just like a, a you know a, a reliever where he goes one or maybe two innings? Uh, Gordon Graceffo. Somebody who has flown up the prospect charts over the the last year. Um, If called upon, would he be ready to jump to the major leagues? We don't know yet. We don't know. But all teams deal with injury concerns in their rotation. But the Cardinals' lack of a dominant ace, the lack of a guy who, you know, will take the ball every fifth day and dominate, has a chance to dominate. That's what they miss in front of the rest of these guys that they already have, which makes the question marks even greater. But... (laughs) <laughs> they put their foot down and said that they're going to ride with these guys into the season. And if later on they have a chance to make an addition to the team, that there is money there. And clearly the prospects are there to make a deal. Now, if when that time comes, will the Cardinals be aggressive enough to actually get that big fish is still debatable. We don't know. They've got a cautious approach to these things um, most of the time. And more times than not, that leaves them having to go after guys who are a little bit further on down the list. You know, Uh, I don't know a lot of people who were like jumping for joy when Jose Quintana and Jordan Montgomery got traded to this team last year. I mean, you were hoping you were going to get somebody else, but aren't you glad that they did not sell the bag for, you know, a Noah Syndergaard or a Frankie Montas who, you know, did nothing for the Yankees and it still hurt to this day. So there's moments where you're like, well, I'm glad they kind of are a little bit cautious about things. But hopefully if a big name is available at at the deadline this year and they're in a spot to 
add that person to their team and they're doing well in the division and, uh, you know, are in contention that they'll make that deal. So now that we've seen the Cardinals problems, what is it about the Brewers that has Will giving them the crown? That's what we're going to talk about next on Locked on Cardinals. In handing the Brewers the division, uh, Will brings up his concerns about their offense. Okay, that's the first thing he uh, has here, which has changed over a little bit this year. Um, most notably, they've added Wilson Contreras' little brother, William. Great. <laughs> we have to have that going on. Um, but little brotherly, uh, you know, doesn't older brother always win everything? That's what we're hoping for here. Although William had a very good year with the Braves last year. He can't take anything away from that. Um, the team traded Colton Wong and Hunter Renfro away. They got Jesse Winker back for Wong. But beyond that one season he had with the with the Reds, hasn't been anything special. Uh, they still have Christian Yelich, but he's now three seasons removed from his MVP form. On the infield, you've got Rowdy Telez, hit 35 dingers last year, a lot of power. Willie Adamas continues to mash at shortstop. He smashed 31 bombs. Uh, Luis Arias is a uh, solid player. I don't think there's anything extra special about him, but he's very, very good. Uh, but I, I don't think I'm being a homer here when, you know, I look at this lineup that the Brewers have and then the Cardinals lineup and go, uh, the Cardinals are way better as far as the, the lineup construction goes. You know, I are we sold that William Contreras is going to be that good again? I went and dug through some of his minor league numbers. He never did anything like that while he was in the minors. He was a good hitter, but nothing like that. He didn't show the power down in the minor leagues that he showed this past year. So do we think that that's capable again? Maybe in Milwaukee because their ballpark is uh, very hitter friendly, but I'm just saying if, you, if there's some regression, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um Will's next point is whether or not the Brewers front office will avoid making any deals that seemingly break up the clubhouse. And he's referring to the Josh Hader deal at the deadline last year and how it negatively impacted the clubhouse and ultimately their play on the field. I mean, it left a lot of us scratching our heads last year. Like, like what? Wait, what? You're not Wait, what? Because <laughs> we all thought Josh Hader was going to get extended. The Brewers were like, yeah, we're going to lock him in, man. No, they ship him over to San Diego. And we're all like, wait, what? So that was weird uh, last year, and obviously it backfired massively. Uh, he brings up the Corbin Burns trade rumors uh, when he talks about, hey, will the front office leave these guys alone? Um, he thinks that if they stay the way they are right now, that they could win this division is what he's pointing out. And he personally, I know Burns is amazing. He's fantastic. Uh, Brandon Woodruff. Very good. Dealt with an ankle issue last year, which knocked him out for a month. But he he was very, very good again last year. But the Freddie Peralta, all right? I know he's their number three, and everybody assumes that he's going to be very, very good. But he had some major injury concerns last year. Uh, spent a lot of time on the injured list. Strained lat. Then he had shoulder inflammation all in his pitching arm. Those are some pretty big red flags. Uh, then it drops down to Eric Lauer, who got off to a very hot start last year before he crashed and burned in June, and then again September. And then it's Adrian Hauser, who had an ERA close to five. So it's not like we're dealing with a Mets type of rotation where they've got like five legit dudes ready to roll. Like it's two really, really, really good ones. And then it kind of falls off. So they need a bounce back year from Peralta to, to really make that rotation dominant again. Maybe he does it.
But um, in his final thoughts on the Central here, Will says, it really feels like people are sleeping on the Brewers. They looked like a legitimate World Series contender until last season's trade deadline, and they still have a killer rotation, solid bullpen, and an underappreciated lineup. And after the backlash to the hater trade, it sure feels like They'll have to try to keep them together. Meanwhile, the Cardinals not only seem short on pitching, it should be mentioned that they will probably miss Pujols more than people think. He was the third big bat alongside Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt that the team had been looking for over the past few years, and now he's gone. They should still end up with a wild card berth, but the Brewers, to these eyes, look a little bit better over the long haul. So Wilson Contreras doesn't exist in this man's uh, universe. He's not going to put up similar Pujols numbers. Now, granted, Albert's numbers in the second half of the season were bonkers, right? He was doing things that were putting him up in Aaron Judge categories of like OPS and stuff. Not expecting that, but I would expect a more consistent year. You got to remember, Albert was not good in the first half, and then he went on a tear in the second half, all right? So... Over the length of the season, I would hope that Contreras would have similar numbers when you get to the end of it all with 20-something home runs, 70 RBIs. And then you've got to factor in, uh, you would think you get bounce-back years from O'Neill and Carlson. Maybe not the 2021 versions, but still better years. New bar should be better, right? He shouldn't regress. But I think he's underestimating the addition of Wilson Contreras as a, a hitter in this lineup. So... I still think the Cardinals are the best team and should be favorites for this division. Um, that's it's again, it's why the addition of a, an ace for to get one more pitcher would have been so huge and so vital for this Cardinals team because it would just put them to that next level. But alas, it has not happened. But even with that in mind, I'd still put money on the Redbirds in the Central. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to like and subscribe, please, on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I will see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. <laughs> 